Each year, the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery releases their statistics on what is hot and what is not. These numbers and the trends they portend help set the tone for the coming year in aesthetic practices across the map. Doctors Theta Contis and Mark Hamilton discuss the latest survey findings and what's driving them on this episode of Modern Aesthetics, the podcast. Hi, my name is Theta Contis, and I am currently the president of the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. I am in private practice in Baltimore, Maryland, and I will be talking today uh, with Dr. Mark Hamilton. So I'm a uh, facial plastic surgeon in private practice in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm also uh, with the AAFPRS of the Public Information Committee Chairman. We're going to be talking about the uh, recent AAFPRS survey that was done of um, Academy members talking mostly about what, um, what trends we saw last year. And interestingly, COVID has changed the plastic surgery world, actually has made it quite busy. And we're seeing this globally. Uh, most people know about the Zoom boom where we're, we've all gone to virtual meetings and virtual business and people working from home and Zoom has allowed us to look at ourselves all day and focus on the things we don't like. In addition, people are working from home so that they don't need time to be home and recover and not work if they're having surgery or procedure. They can just go home and continue to work and sort of hide while they're recovering from something. So all of these things together, coupled with the fact that people haven't been traveling or spending money on other things, so they have an extra pot of money to spend on cosmetic things, these have all really caused an increase in uh, cosmetic surgery. What we're going to focus on today uh, is the results of the um, uh, survey that the facial plastic surgeons performed, and we found that there is an uptick in the Generation Z or the uh, young people, maybe 30 years uh, old or less, who are increasing um, in our uh, coming, coming to us for what, what they're calling prejuvenation. They want to prevent aging. Um, Mark, is that what you're seeing in your practice? Are you seeing those trends? Prejuvenation is defined as getting a head start on the aging process by taking steps to stave off some of the changes associated with aging skin, such as fine lines, wrinkles, and brown spots. You know, I am. I am pleasantly surprised at uh, the number of younger patients who are thinking ahead about ways they can prevent aging uh, and maybe doing little things like Botox or fillers or peels just to put off uh, and prevent the need for, for major procedures. So that's definitely been a trend. Well, I do think younger patients are much more uh, cosmetically aware. They've been on these uh, social media where they've uh, seen and they see themselves all day long, taking pictures, doing videos. And that's just created an increased awareness uh, of their appearance and the desire to look, look their best. Do you see any negatives with this? Well, as part of this, we sometimes as surgeons have to educate our patients about what's 
realistic and what's not. And there, there definitely is a segment who's a little over-focused, a little uh, maybe overzealous in their desire to, to take these things to the extreme. Uh, so there's definitely some education on our part that's, that's required. Well, let me ask you this. I, I just saw, and I think you saw it as well, something on TikTok called um, Bold Glamour. A controversial and popular new TikTok filter, Bold Glamour, uses artificial intelligence, or AI, to assess your face and then completely remodel it so that it can look like you with some major cosmetic enhancements. This is a sort of a real-time change-your-appearance um, app on TikTok that makes you pretty and, or, or handsome or makes you better looking. And it, it's, it's live, virtual, so that you can talk and you can um, touch your face and you still look really nice. And so I am so concerned on this because what are we doing? We're saying that average looking people are ugly and you have to be beautiful. Um, and it's almost to the point that I personally am afraid to even try it because I don't want to see how beautiful I could look and then look back at myself and say, oh gosh, I don't look like that. And I'm so worried about the younger generation. I totally agree. You know, it's, it's uh, as we mature in life, we can put things a little bit better into perspective, but for younger, younger uh, members of our society, that this is really a pretty shocking to them where all of a sudden they can change their appearance and look enhanced. Uh, this is taking, you know, uh, where we're just softening pictures to a whole, whole new extreme level. The AAFPRS was the first organization to identify the selfie awareness trend. And latest AAFPRS stats show that 79% of facial plastic surgeons said patients wanting to look better in selfies is still a motivator for change. A whole virtual world out there that... Uh, they're wanting to look their best for and, and, and in person as well. Um, so keeping it all in perspective, I think is a, a big part of our responsibility as surgeons, uh, helping these younger members look at these uh, social media uh, tools and, and keep them in perspective. When someone comes to you who's 25 years old and says they want to, to, to treat the 11 lines between their brow and they don't have any 11 lines. How do you counsel them? What do you tell them and do you treat them? Well, I, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty honest with them and, and tell them what I don't see. And I tell them, you know, things really look very smooth in that region. Uh, I'm not sure you'll really see much benefit. Um, if you want to talk about preventing things, then that's a conversation we can have. But uh, maybe this is something you don't need now, but we can consider in a few years from now. Uh, that's how I would approach somebody like that. And, you know, I actually will treat some of these people because I can't really argue with them that they're right. You know, if you don't move the muscles, then you don't get a wrinkle. So um, there is quite a bit to be said for prejuvenation. And I think the social media is driving that as well. Yeah, as long as they understand that they're, we're using it for prejuvenation, I think that's, that's great. Uh, but uh, it's, I think we need to keep reminding them what, what features they do have that we can improve and what really looks pretty good uh, and uh, doesn't need correction.
Now, what about lip flips? Mm -hmm. um, this is a, a treatment that we've done for years for smokers' lines of the lips. Mm -hmm. And on social media, suddenly uh, people realize that if you put a little Botox along the rim of the upper lip, that you can get a little more of a pink lip to show. So it's called a lip flip. Um, are you seeing young people coming in for that? A lip flip is a non-surgical procedure that uses neuromodulators to relax a muscle in the upper lip, causing the lip to flip and giving the appearance of a fuller upper lip without surgery. And it's trending again, according to the new AAFPRS stats. I do. They, they are very aware of this trend and they like that little Botox can give them a nice boost in this area. So I think that's a great little treatment for for patients who are kind of wading into things. Let's talk about some other surgeries, um, facelifts, blepharoplasties, rhinoplasties. Um, this is what our members are saying. We're still seeing a lot of these. Um, do you agree with this? This is what we're seeing in um, women for women's procedures. Yeah, I do. And I think all of these as uh, patients have had more ability to work from home and take time off. We've seen a real uh, we've seen a real boost in these procedures. How about men? Are you seeing more men now? So, you know, I do see, I think, more men. It's something we've been talking about for a long time. It's kind of incrementally uh, growing, but uh, definitely is, they're definitely more comfortable with it than they were 10, 15 years ago, for sure. Filler fatigue seems to have taken hold as growing numbers of people are now avoiding fillers and or having them dissolved. They fear the overfilled, overly puffy, and seemingly distorted face made infamous by some celebrities. I know some celebrities, uh, um, uh, Courtney Cox, for instance, has totally panned injectables because she says she overdid it. And um, Madonna's puffy face, we don't know if that was that she was recovering from surgery or she had fat or what. But what do you think about this, the, the puffy face looked? And, and do you think that we're going to see people less interested in injectables. Yeah, I think I've already actually seen that where some patients come in because of these uh, celebrities they've seen are much more cautious about jumping into fillers. Um, that said, I think we've always known that you have to be careful about how you place fillers and keep it aesthetic. And uh, that just, I think, improves the conversation we're having with patients about you know, not taking things too far. Totally agree. I actually have a sign in my exam room that patients see when they sit down and it says, I promise you won't look like a freak. <laughs> so, and you know, you look online and you see a lot of strange injections happening, strange procedures. And um, it, it sort of scares me that we're getting away from just a, a, a nice look. We're sort of pushing the envelope a little bit. So my hope is that this year we get back to a more normal, just enhanced look rather than sort of a bizarre avatar look. Other rising trends in facial plastic surgery include ozempic face and buckle fat reduction, for better or for worse. I've been surprised how this medication has taken off. And even in my office, among my staff members, uh, people that I know, uh, this medication has been very helpful for those who want to lose weight and just have struggled with it for years. But the flip side of that is some of that fat is good. And uh, especially when it comes to, to facial appearance, 
Um, it's really thinned out some people's faces. This is where those fillers can really be helpful though, uh, coming back to give us some volume back as we lose it elsewhere. Well, I, I agree. You know, I spend my whole day putting volume into people's faces. And it, it, when, you, when you have uh, loss of volume, it's very aging. And yes. so that's a segue into buckle fat removal. I worry about the long-term consequences of that. Are you doing much buckle fat removal? You know, I definitely have having more patients request it, uh, a procedure that again, uh, five, 10 years ago, I had patients all the time coming in. They're very aware of buckle fat and want to have it taken out. So it again leads to that conversation we have with the patient. Is this really right for them? Uh, do they recognize the long-term consequences where they might enjoy a little bit more uh, sculpted face for the next few years, but in another decade or so, they might regret it. So that's the conversation we have. And um, some patients, yeah, they are ready to go for it. And that's, that's great as long as they understand the long-term uh, consequences of it. That's exactly the way I approach it too, Mark. I, um, I give them the analogy of um, sunbathing. And back in when my generation was young, we didn't really worry about uh, being in the sun and a, a, having a tan was sexy. And now we all have skin cancers. So, you know, be careful what you wish for. You may just love the fact that your face is all thin and sculpted, but when you're 50, 60, 70, you're going to really be sunken and hollow and need volume. And then you're going to be having fat put in your face. So, you know, um, we need to love the fat that's in our face. I don't think we need to re be removing it. Um, how about the future? The, what do you think is are going to be future trends? Well, I think we're, we're continually seeing new technology, new devices, new injections that can uh, improve what we can do even before we get to surgery. And I think we'll still continue to see that. Daxify is probably one of the, the top ones there that we're seeing a longer acting or potentially longer acting neuromodulator. Uh, and then lots of new technology out there that We'll just have to wait and see what it can truly do. There's some things out there um, that are very promising. Uh, Daxify is one of them. Daxify um, does seem to last six to nine months, and we've been using it since um, January. We did the clinical trials on it, and since January, I've only had one complaint, and that was it felt too strong. So uh, we'll see how people do in the next six months or so, but I think that's a real game changer. And I think that men particularly like it because they don't have to keep coming in every three months. And um, we also found that the, the less you move those areas, the, the wrinkles go away. So it could also be sort of a prejuvenation thing. So um, I think uh, Daxify is gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to watch what happens with it. Now, the most important thing for us um, and you alluded to this several times, is to counsel our patients. And sometimes they're going places that, you know, make a lot of money with the more procedures they do, the more they buy. And it's so important for, for them to see someone who's ethical, who can say, no, you don't need this. Um, patients now are more educated than ever, but their education may not be valid. You know, that Google... Uh, Dr. Google 
has a lot of information, but not all of it is real. Not all of it is true. And I think it, they, patients need to rely on us to be the, the final say on these things. One nice thing about seeing a facial plastic surgeon is that we can offer the whole bag. We can do non-invasive and we can do invasive. And we have a saying in medicine, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Meaning, you know, if only you can only do injectables, then that's what you do. And you don't, you don't offer the next step, which is surgery, which may be better for someone than just a, a filler or a neurotoxin. So, you know, we always say, trust your face to a facial plastic surgeon. And uh, we do believe that we're all very well trained and we like to train others as well. Oh, I think, uh, I think it's an exciting time to be in our field. Uh, we have so many options, both uh, non-surgical and surgical, and patients have never had uh, more interest in uh, looking their best, keeping themselves looking great. So it's, it's been a, a great time for us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Aesthetics, the podcast. You can find future editions at modernaesthetics.com or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 